0: Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Humble and Hungry Podcast with DaVentry Jordan. As always, your host, Brandon Deventry. Uh, This might be the most special episode I think we're going to do, Just pure, and I don't know I've been saying this, but purely because of the history you have with this athlete, which is yeah. an exciting way for us to launch this series, mm-hmm. are with athletes you've helped take from one level to the top level and the journey you've had with. So um, who did you want to bring on today
1: for this episode? One of my esteemed athletes, Rashid Hageman. Um, he's a, I call him a little, he's my little big brother. Um, he's a guy I have a very special relationship with because he's a person where he just, he's a bright light. He's he's funny. He's emotional. He's a big teddy bear, but he's a wonderful person and an exceptional athlete. What kind of an athlete? He's just, he's a big truck. He's a monster. When he walks into the room, you know he's there. So he's a golfer. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a football <laughs>
0: player. Gotcha. All right, and how big of a teddy bear are we talking, Rasheed?
2: Uh, how big? Uh, I don't know. Uh, how big are you, Rashid? You tell What's me your size. How big of a teddy bear? Uh, I mean, six six. It's pretty big teddy bear. I mean, you must like my bear hugs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bear yeah. Hugs. yeah. What
1: were you? Your playing weight? Were you 305, 320? My playing
2: weight, uh, man, it was about 325. And what are you wearing now? About 280, two eighty, two two seventy five on a good day, on a good weekend <laughs> depends on what we eat, but yeah, yeah man, on a good day. But I feel I don't know, I feel a little lighter. I, I guess the cookies you guys gave me earlier were gluten free. <laughs> <laughs> right. you know I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying to you know cheat and eat healthy at the same time. So,
1: so Rasheed, let's talk, <clears throat> let's talk about you know you were you you play tight in high school. Um, you're a highly recruited player. Um, talk to us about that. Like what what colleges could you have chosen to go to?
2: Well, in high school, to be honest, football wasn't even like my love. Like my passion was basketball. And I was um playing basketball um, you know, throughout uh middle school, and I was playing uh football on the side and mm-hmm. I was playing uh tight end. On the side, not really knowing too much history on the tight end position, Mm -hmm. I was just kind of bigger than all the other kids, so I wasn't really able to play wide receiver, but when I went to high school, my eighth grade year, I played uh, freshman year, and um, that's when my coach... Told me to, uh, I was too big to be in the wide receiver line, so coming to tight end line, and uh, really changed my perspective because basketball and kind of tight end goes hand in hand. It's kind of mm-hmm. like you know throwing the ball off the backboard and catching it, you know, with two hands. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a red zone concept, you know, just throwing the ball up in the air over the small DBs and catching it. So it went hand-in-hand, and I seen the vision when I was young, and I just stuck with it. It really wasn't challenging at all for me to play tight end in high school, and so I was getting recruited all throughout the Big Ten. I had every Big Ten uh, offer, then I had Florida, and, um, I mean, I was growing. Um, But um, I finally made my my decision um, to play for Minnesota because, you know, it was close to home, I guess. Yeah. You feel me? And, you know, obviously, you know, that's where my family is and the food is free. You feel me? You can right. I always go yeah, home I, and get I, you a free plate of ramen noodles or something. You and know? sweatpants. And sweatpants and socks. Yep. You know, all types of free accessories or whatever. So, um, yeah, but uh, I, I was definitely highly recruited as a, uh, a tight end. I was number number two tight end in the nation. I was right behind Talolo, who played uh, for Atlanta. But, um, yeah, yeah tight was kind of a big deal for me, but I really didn't kind of see that big picture. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. So,
1: so did you have any offers for basketball too?
2: Not really. Not really official uh, um, um, offers because I think uh, a lot of the basketball coaches kind of knew I was going to take a yeah. football serious, so they kind of kind of just uh, backed out. They weren't really kind of fishing for me anymore.
1: I want to take you back. You remember in the old gym we used to sit there and play horse and and – and jump shots all day.
2: Yeah, we have a little uh, rebound machine. Yeah, we were Doctor uh, Dish. I, I I don't know. It was just kind of like a like a, a old uh, basketball league, just the old guys shooting hoops. We still got it though. I know. We still got I know. We it. still got, yeah. got it. We still got it. He these, beat me you know.
1: one time, uh, a few times, uh, in one on one. Do we have to recruit him for Ultimate Hoops? Yeah, definitely. He's, he's, he has his turnaround jumper, his little hook shot. Yeah.
2: It'd be like Juggernaut playing against a lot of intramural regular (laughs) citizens. I don't think it'd be fair. Probably get fouled out first half. Do they have fouls? Yeah. Oh yeah, they do. They got roughs. Probably gonna need security or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't
0: know, man. Look, I'm not trying to play fair. I'm trying to play, trying to win, yeah. uh, but I like it. So it, it's really interesting too, because I think the other thing angles we have, Rashid, which we haven't really done, is we have Dr. Caster from the Life yes. Clinic here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll kind of let you bridge that gap. We we, yeah. we definitely have a, a good episode that I think we can dig into, and we've established the fact I think real quick that you two are uh, quite quite friendly, which is yeah. which is fun. Um, but I guess where do you want to take it from his time at the U
1: and to getting so, yeah. drafted? So you're at the University of Minnesota. Um, it's a different level of a game for you, right? People are bigger, faster, or stronger. Made the transition. Um, you made the transition. They put weight on you, right? So you go from tight end to, to D tackle right? So now you're carrying an excess amount of weight on you that you're not used to carrying. Correct. Like, or did you get banged up, nicked up, like... Talk to us about, like, your body maintenance at that point.
2: You know what? The crazy part is, as soon as I got to college, they immediately had me in a weight room, and I seen a tremendous, like, turnaround just with my size. And I was already, you know, uh, 6'5", 6'6", as a, you know, a rookie Um, I mean, as a freshman in college, as a freshman, and I was already, but maybe like 250 going on 260, you know what I'm saying? So they swole me, hooked me up, and the thing was about, you know, getting used to the whole routine of just eating, you know, healthy before and, and eating healthy after, it's just they drilled us with, the amount of education when it comes to how to eat and how to take care of our body. So like when it comes to like the conversation we have Venture on, yeah. you know, take care of our body, it's like kind of second nature when right. it comes to the conversations we have. And I've learned that in college and I've kind of stuck with that that routine of, how, of what to eat, protein, the size of your hand, you know, in case, you know, maybe Chipotle, you get a, a burrito bowl. Cut it in half. Cut it in, th- you know, in, right. in threes. You know, yeah. so it's like a lot of things I learned from college. But as far as my body, like you know, they had they you know they had chiropractors, they had massage therapists, they oh. had they had doctors, they had nurses. So we had the whole team. T- so whenever you know that we had a, a a scratch or a turf scratch, mm-hmm. there was always something like you know they gave us to help us. So so doc, pivoting back to you,
1: yeah. How important is it? for athletes to take care of their body. I think a lot of athletes, they're young, right? So they feel like they could just go work out, go play in the game. They don't have
3: to do any, you know, prehab, any recovery, and then get back and go play again. Well, I think to link it all together, I always ask these athletes, who do you watch or who do you emulate? And the example that I always use is I had a chance to see Jerry Rice play twice. I saw him play in 1988, and I saw him play in 1998. Right. And there wasn't a lot of letdown in his uh, performance. Let's just mm-hmm. put it that way. He uh, treated his body like a temple. Mm-hmm. He uh, utilized massage therapy and chiropractic. And uh, there's he's not the only one. There's a ton of athletes that are doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, since you know coming on here with with you all, um, what I what I've seen or what I love is, you know, there's an emphasis on working hard, but there's also an emphasis on recovery, and that's mm-hmm. something that. A lot of those great athletes, they do. They just don't maybe advertise it as much. Right. Um, from the ground up, you guys are doing quality nutrition. Uh, you're doing proper workouts. You're being very uh, conscientious about when somebody gets nicked up. You got to change that workout. Right. Right. And that's what I'm working on with some of these trainers too. But. Um, I say, you know, you look to the athletes that you emulate, but you guys are doing something different than I've seen yeah, before. I
1: appreciate that. We take an approach where we like to meet the athletes where they're at, right? And every athlete's different, and Rashika um, could talk about that. You have some athletes that just sometimes mentally they just come injured, right? Right. So you have to change the workout up. Yeah. You know, some athletes may, you know, have a sprained ankle or, or hamstrings are too tight or – um, a pulled knee, you know, there's so many different things that could just happen just like that that you have to always meet the athlete where they're at, and the plan that you may have for that day may change.
3: Well, that that's an important point that you make. A couple of the trainers and some of the discussions that I've had, they almost talk about the assess, which that's what we do too. We assess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they see somebody, something coming in that they it doesn't look right when they're maybe doing a squat. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, back out of that. Let's just do a weighted squat right, right. with right. no weight and see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And they can sometimes see some things. They've pulled me over before. Like, yeah. what's going on? And then you get a history. Ah oh, yeah, I might tweak my ankle a little bit. Well, right. that little tweak ankle is turning into something big. Right. You guys are, like, putting out the fire before it it yeah. blows up on this yeah. athlete, which is really special. That's something that I've not seen with any other training. You know, we end up in, a, in Speaking to that, we end up
1: getting a lot of athletes from a lot of different training facilities because of that point because, you know, they're used to pushing so much heavy weight yep. that they get injured. Right. And then they come to us, and now we, got, we fix them up, right, and get them back to playing again and get them back active again. But then we just give them a different approach to training.
3: You know what the worst thing is? And you can speak to this. You've maybe been through this. I think it's a tragedy when you've got an athlete that's working toward a goal that they've had since they were a little kid, uh-huh. and then they have an injury, and then what typically will happen, it's like, well, next. Right, yep. Next. Who's next? Yep. Next right. player. Yeah, next player mentality. I mean, and, yeah. you know, depending upon where that athlete is at, they don't know how to handle that. Right. That's a mental thing. Mm. There's a physicality well, thing. Good. and. Yeah. You, you know, it, it's unfortunate. That's another thing that I think you guys pride yourselves on. Look at the relationship that you two guys yeah. have. Yeah. Your trainers are carrying on those same relationships yeah. with a lot of their players I, down there. And I think
1: what we try to do is, we, like I said, we try to get the know our athletes, you know, because training is not just a physical it's mental, right? And if I can mentally get you there, physically it's going to be a lot easier for us. Right. And, um, and that's the approach that we take, you know. Speaking, when we got Rasheed and, you know, mentally we just had to get him there. Right. And, um, my first workout was
2: a good workout. No, it was a, uh, you know, a way to break the ice. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. And, um, I definitely wanted to touch on what, uh, you were talking about, um, as far as the, um, you, your example was when Smite gets hurt and it's the next player mentality or just the next, the next player up or the next person taking their job or whatever. And, uh, like, as, as a professional athlete to, you know, back when I was a kid, like the, like the, the mental part can really, really affect the physical. And, like, yeah. that's one thing we don't really grasp on the TV, the ESPNs. They show you the physical. But as everybody at this table knows, it's got to be mental before a physical. And to see somebody working on, you know, an injury or they get hurt and then they see their job get taken away, like we've been trained that way since you know high school. you feel me to where like it me- mentally messes us up to where we don't know what anxiety feels like or depression feels like because we get these feelings at high school or even younger than that of man, like somebody took my job or somebody took my position or I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough to play here. I don't qualify here. And then we start to like you know, we don't identify these young to where we get, you know I'm 30. And, and it's like now that, you know, I, I'm 30, I'm starting to now experience what some of these these, these mental or these these situations are. You feel me? So I feel right. like just the way the game is set up, just sports or football in general, like the whole, like, doing rehab and getting better and getting stronger and mentally, you know, building your mind up to, you know, be confident to play. And then you sprain your ankle, boom, now you're – Sinking deep, like man, I just feel some type of way I feel depressed, and it's it's more about just the the mental than physical well if you can if you can if you can help out the mental, the physical is like maybe what twenty five percent of the game yeah mm-hmm. so but I definitely had to tap into what you said, I definitely agree on that
3: yeah one last point too, is that um another thing that they've been working with is like. I ask these athletes. I always love ath. It doesn't matter. Weekend warrior, people back at the clinic, or these yeah. athletes. Uh-huh. What's your pregame routine? A lot of them don't have, have them. that right. Mm-hmm. So that's another key element that uh, you know Game Face is working on. Is yeah. you know because everyone has different old injuries. A lot of people maybe have an old sprained ankle or a knee or a hamstring uh-huh. issue. How are you going to prepare that body part for your activity that you're going into? Right. right. And if you can have control, knowledge is power. If you can have a little bit of knowledge and a little po- bit of power over that situation, it helps you conquer, you know, what's before and get you ready mm-hmm. for your, your performance or your activity, so you can perform optimally. So,
1: so let's let's go back to you. It's draft night.
2: You get, you know, um, what wh- color was the suit? Yeah. The color was, uh, it was all gray. <laughs> did, it, did it custom fit? Custom fit, you know, I had, uh, yeah, it was all custom. I actually had two suits. I had, because uh, unfortunately I didn't get drafted the first, the first day, I had right. a backup suit.
1: Okay, so you had a second day suit? I had a second day okay. suit. Okay, okay. Second, second round suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like That's it, good
2: preparation? On, on the coat it said second day suit. So <laughs> okay. It was like a backup Superman right. suit. What's, was it gray too? No, that was just regular black and white. Okay, and I didn't right. really put too much emphasis on the second day suit. You know, uh-huh. who really cares about the second day? You feel me? But uh, like, what were you saying? So you get drafted. Right. Your name gets called. So you get a. They call you. Do they draft you? Didn't call you. Like, that's that's a good question. So the first day, you know, I'm chilling with you know all the Odell Beckham's and the Javian Clownies. You know, yeah. I'm like, I'm feeling good. You know, I got right. information. I might get picked up to uh, Arizona. Arizona's supposed to pick me up, but they uh, re-signed um, um, uh, Peterson, the safety. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So I'm waiting, you know, and then, you know, I'm just happy. And then, you know, first pick, fifth pick, 10th pick, last pick, Minnesota Vikings pick, Teddy Bridgewater. I'm like, Two-glove Teddy. Yeah, I'm like, Man. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, you know, I'm being happy, you know, am smiling. The mask is on. I'm smiling, but I'm really, really, you know, like man, depressed, mad, angry. Like, uh second day, you know, Atlanta calls me like, "Hey, you ready to go?" And then boom, you know, the tears break out. You know, one shining moment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that kick in, and so uh, yeah, you know, it was, it was probably, it was breathtaking, man, just to go out there and see, you know, the the. The, just the, the fins and the, the flash. No, hold on. Back up, back up, oh, back up. Back it up. Oh, back it up. Oh, up. So, so you get drafted.
1: Right, right. You're on a phone call. Right. Like, what's next? Like, you're hugging all your family. Do you get on a flight that day? The next day, like, what do they tell you? Pack your bags,
2: come out here so we can do a photo op. Like, what yeah. happens? So, like, the next day or the, the, the day after, you got to fly out there and uh, start, you know, signing papers and getting tested and getting, you know— Poked and prodded at, so the me and the sec, me and the first me and the first pick was Jake Matthews. We went down there, um, shake hands, you know, with the general manager, you know, the owner, the, yeah. the head coach. Um, it really, you know, from college to the NFL, like the moment I stepped foot in that office, like it was, it, it was a office, not a football facility, yeah. and that. Like this, I, that was probably the weird feeling. Like when I walked in, I was like, wow, this is really serious. You know, like you got HRs, people like on the <laughs> business side <laughs> of football. So it was like, like yeah, I was, you know, I had to,
0: you know, read the employee handbook. Pull the pants right, up,
2: right. learn how to shake an employee's hand, you know, you know, so. Couldn't speak Ebonics, you know. <laughs> so you know, but uh yeah, that was probably like one of the biggest. If I even asked you a question, I'm kind of freestyling right now. Yeah, that's but, good. Yeah. So, tell me about your first NFL game. Uh, first NFL game, man. Were you nervous? Was I nervous? No, my first NFL game, yeah, it, we played Cincinnati, and uh, it was a pledge of allegiance. And I'm looking around, and I, I I get emotional, like I don't know why. It was my first game, but we go out there, and my very first play, I get pancaked mm-hmm. on my behind, <laughs> and I get yelled at the first play. Yeah, I get pancaked, and then they they didn't call a timeout, but they subbed me out, you know. And my defensive coach gave me. Uh, a sweet earful of love. We'll okay. say that. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. That was my first game, okay. first play. So. So no.
0: redemption later, though, right?
2: Oh yeah, for sure redemption later. But like when you're like your first play, you're looking around, your hands in the grass, and you're seeing you know the quarterback and the o line. It's just you know playing Madden from you. Right. from when you were super young, and you know your football camps, and now you're. Seeing the emblems on their helmets and the real tape with a little bit of dirt, I can go real detail. You feel me? Like right. when you see all that and the quarterback says hike, you're a little hesitant. You feel me? I'm just was, I was I was observing. Okay, when it was time to play. So <laughs> then, so let's let's look. Go. I'm man.
1: gonna speed up because we have so much time. Super Bowl week. You oh, made preface, it to this, preface. He made okay. You made it to the Super Bowl. Right. Right. You guys won it. You guys won the last game. You go to the Super Bowl, right? And you guys have to play the New England Patriots. That Tom week. Brady, we'll just say Tom, Tom
2: Brady.
1: Brady, Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. So the whole week, you guys are preparing. You're enjoying the, the Super Bowl festivities. You know. Um, now you guys have to play Sunday night in front of all America. Tell me about the world. The world. The world. The world. The world. Tell us about
0: it. Um. I hear players don't like the week before.
2: No, because you really don't like – you have a week before Super Bowl, but when you first get there, you have your two days of freedom. After two days of freedom, then it's time to crunch down, curfew, you know, dogs, sniffers. You got cops, cops, cops on bikes, cops on horses, cops on bikes, bikes. You know what I'm saying? It's like very security. Like it's kind of – it's it's a hassle, you know. You gotta sign autographs and security. It's it's just you're right. It's just the it's the mental part before the physical. Right. And you build like you're mentally preparing. You're visualing. You're visualizing yourself, Rashid. You know, getting an interception, running down. You know, what do you? What's gonna be your touchdown dance? It's right. it's really detailed, <laughs> like right. you know. But I mean, Super Bowl was. What would have been your dance though? Well, ah man. <sighs> I don't know but it probably the Dougie? Be, yeah, it would have been like a slow Dougie, you know, real smooth, you know. Like, it gotta be like <laughs> to the beat. A lot of shoulder movements, but uh but, uh, yeah, the Super Bowl, really, to be honest, it was after the Super Bowl, like after we lost. Like, Hold on, no, let's not go there yet because oh, you don't know i ask you a question about you don't that. You ask me about it? Well, I, know, just, you know, I just, you
0: know. You
1: want to talk about it? Kept it but is this how just, is This is how
0: he remembers okay. it. This is how I remember I'll, it. Yeah. There was a lead up and then yeah. there was a post-match. You guys it. were winning.
1: Like, I, I almost turned the TV off at the halftime. You guys were winning. The game was over. It was over. 3-24, to
2: 24,
1: man. And then, like, that fourth quarter, like, what, what? Like, what was the conversation?
2: Yeah. Man, (laughs) Tom Brady's just an amazing athlete, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, halftime, just my own vibes, my feelings. Like, I knew something wasn't right. Like, we are kicking their behinds. And Tom Brady isn't having a good game, so we're thinking. I'm thinking maybe Tom Brady had you know an argument with his wife. Maybe right. you know he's mentally you know out right. of the game. You right. feel me? Which right. is great. Right. But you know you know hey I wish you know the best with all relationships. Y'all got the you feel Super Bowl me? hats. Y'all yeah. about
1: to bring them out early. Yeah.
2: But then the second half, you know, Tom Brady just maybe it was like he had he sprinkled some glitter on him or something, <laughs> and then he went out there and just. Kicked our behinds. It, it had to be... Some, it was something in the water over there. I don't know. Bill Bella checked be up to something. I don't know. Bro. Man. I was like... You were on TV. I was on, on the t- field. Right, you was on the field. I was just like... At a point in time, I, I was in three-point stands just admiring Tom Brady. Like, like his face is really this clear in person. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and then the ball gets hiked and, you know... He throws it down 10 yards and scores a touchdown. So, but... Uh, no, nah, he's just... Like, long story short, Tom Brady came in second half, and he just did a whole diagnostic on our team. He dissected our team our first half and came out the second half and dominated. Just, you know, killed our weaknesses straight up. So,
1: for listeners out there, um, Rasheed, you, you, you've you had a, you faced a lot of adversity growing up in your life, you know? And um, we don't have to get into that much detail because we don't have that much time. Um, but what made you into the elite athlete that you were? Facing the things that you face in your life, what helped you get to where you were at? Was it I I gotta make it or is it
2: just an opportunity that I can make it? Like what pushed you? Really it was both. Um just you know, Growing up in foster care again, we're not to too in, in, in too deep of it. You right. know, maybe we can save it for uh, part yeah, two. Part you know two, we yeah. definitely will have a part two. But uh, his story um, is amazing. But um, long story short, I guess just having um, role models and watching on TV, you know, uh, successful men, successful African American men being able to, you know, have a story like me and make it out. So I definitely looked up to a lot of, you know, characters on, you know, even cartoon characters who were just, like, always weren't always looked upon as the hero. You know what I'm saying? Like, who was always the outcast. I would always vote for them and root for them. So, I mean, just growing up, you know, I was always a physical physical kid and just super athletic. And kids and moms and dads would always be like, yo... You know, they always point, you know, positive, like, yo, that kid has something special. And I kind of, you know, act like I didn't hear it, but it planted a seed in my head. And that kind of just drove my confidence out the roof, no matter what my situation was, foster care or being homeless or whatever it was. Like, I could always find a rock to throw, a basketball to bounce or something to do a flip off of, you know, and just have that. That mentality is, you know, I'm gonna be, you know, one day I'm 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 gonna succeed and I'm gonna, you know, let people know that, you know, under dollars can make it too. So that's kind of what's kind of stuck with me to this day. So. so I
1: have two more questions for you, then we could be done. First thing is, what advice are, would you give to a young athlete that wants to make it to the top? Like, what would you what would you tell them? They're asking you, Hey, Rasheed, man, I I I, I want to make it. I I, I want to get
2: there you got to love it or you have to be in love or you have to be willing to fall in love with it that cuz when 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 you're in love with it and you love to do it then there's no excuse to, to cheat it you feel me there's no excuse to you know uh you know practice you know, uh, in the mornings and go go to the mall or, you know, eat cheeseburgers and cake, you know, the next day. Like, when you love to do something and you're passionate about it and you see yourself doing it for a long time, like, the routine and just to get up early is all motivating. You right. know, just everything, the pain or just the, the like, the the playful fights we get into. Like, right. nah, Rasheed, 10 more. Like, ooh, I hate you to venture. But, it's but like, I love
1: you in, in the back yeah. of my head, right. it's
2: like, like you know my goal and this was gonna take to get it so because it's like you know when you're you know when you're before and after pictures of doing the six pack Right. before you're seeing the blubber but the after is like man DaVinci I appreciate you for kicking my butt right, right that's the passion about it being able to accept the pain and everything that the uncomfort and replace it with just like nice. your goals and your love that's why so.
1: So what would you say to – you're retired now. So what would you say to the incoming rookie into the NFL? What piece of advice would you give him?
2: Man, just really what um, – who was it? Uh, um, the running back from the uh, Seahawks. Uh, Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. Mr. Skittles. Protect your chicken, aka protect your money and your mental. Like your mental cause this is a game that, you know, you know what you sign up for, but then on the other side, you really don't see what's on the other side of that fence of what a retired football player does or you know, or what he you know, has already he has to deal with. But I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of teammates, ex-football teammates will say the same, protect your mental and understand, you know, your feelings, your emotions. And you you can't carry out the, the uh, when you're angry or you feel some type of way to, you know, suck it up and next play mentality. You can't do that in, in the regular world. It's okay to express your feelings and it's okay to express, you know, your mental. Mm-hmm. Just focus on your mental because this is a this is a, a head-butting game you feel me so you know just you know keep track of that in your money that's probably the two most important things i can say
0: just that first snap be careful don't get caught watching don't get right. caught
2: watching <laughs> don't yeah. look at the quarterback look at the ball awesome well,
0: we appreciate it dr castor uh obviously rasheed uh, i think more will be coming on this podcast from yeah. both of these gentlemen yep. um this is almost like a a taste test of what's to come. I mean, like I said, we could have gone about seven different routes than these guys, but, uh, we're so great to have them again. Listeners, if uh, you enjoyed it, uh, go follow them on social media, give them a call, let them know what's up. And we appreciate it. But, uh, more to come to venture promise. Yes. More to come. All right. You enjoying this so far, man, I love it. I love it. Hey, listeners, if you're enjoying it, let us know. You can send us an email, drop a review. Let us know what you're liking, what we can do to change it. But hey, uh, more to come from the Humble and Hungry Podcast with DaVenture and Jordan. That's a wrap for this one. Look out for the next episode.